I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Greetings, loyal listeners. You are listening to The Blowhole on Fans First Sports Network. Please give us a follow at TBlowhole on Twitter. On Instagram, we are The Blowhole Podcast. And you can send us emails to theblowholeradio at gmail.com. And you are guaranteed to get a response and most likely a shout out on air. 1-0, Rob. 1-0. Man, week one could not have gone any better if you're a Dolphins fan. That was amazing. I can't believe it. I had to. I watched the game again yesterday. You, you know what the most surprising thing was in the uh, in the rewatch? What's that? There was a point in the second quarter where we where the we both uh, the Dolphins and the Chargers back to back punted. I'm like, well, I don't even remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I I vaguely remember that where it looked like okay, like they're settling down a little bit, and um, you know they're going to be fine on defense. But uh, I was, boy, I was wrong about that. We were right about who was going to win the game, but um, not, I, not not right about any other prediction that I had for that game. You definitely you definitely had the faith in the Fangio defense to shut down uh, shut them down. I thought it would be more of a shootout, but. Uh, I, I also thought McDaniel was going to change, like change styles. Like I thought he was going to try and uh, and try and establish the run, um, but he seemed to have a uh, a personal vendetta against that defense, and I'm glad he did. He drew up. A, that was an amazing game plan. I mean, Staley was thoroughly outcoached. So if as bad as Staley outcoached McDaniel in the the matchup last season, I'd say it was the exact inverse this time around. This, so yeah, if see that. If you wrong Mike McDaniel, do not give him six months to uh, to exact his revenge because that yeah. was surgical. Yes, it was. And to your point, like we were talking off air, I was like, it's 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 rare that somebody like, you know, gets so badly beaten at what they do best and then decide to do it again and come out on top. But but you're right. Like there were there were new wrinkles. It wasn't just they weren't just you know, waiting for, for Tyreek or, or Jalen Waddle to come to come open across the middle. There was a lot more. There were more motions. They were moving guys around. The pre-snap motion, obviously. Um, you know, it pass plays looked like run plays. You know, I, I would have liked to have seen a little bit more creativity in the run game, but I, you know, obviously can't can't fault anything that they did on offense on Sunday. That was and the an amazing, now the, the first the first drive they they ran the the first two drives they ran the hell out of the ball it was like almost 50-50 and they were running well so i think i know like some you know some folks were like oh i thought you know we were going to get to a more balance or something i think they saw something at that point because they were running it oh, at a much a much higher percentage 
on the first two drives. And then it was just like, well, we don't have to because they're giving us what we want, I guess. And the we're whole- playing a lot of catch up too. Like, I mean, I think there was there's that too. Like, there wasn't, you know, it was a it was a shootout. It was back and forth. Yeah, so. I mean, it was a true catch up. It was never more than a one score game on um, one right. score on either side. And there were seven lead changes. I mean, it was it was it was a it was a classic. It was a great game. Honestly, in the fourth quarter, and even when uh, when Sanders missed that extra point, but you know, and I'm like, and I know all of us were like, well. How are we going to stop them from getting a field goal when we haven't stopped them at all? I'm like, I still feel pretty good about this team. (laughs) Like through all throughout the game. I'm like, I was feeling good. Like, I don't think Chargers fans should feel terrible. Like week one, you know, they're pretty evenly matched teams. Everybody has them in that, you know, in the wild cardish area fighting for, you know, chance in the division, but not favored for it, you know, until now, maybe, um, but yeah, but but so I felt good about it, even though I'm like, I wasn't super confident <laughs> in the in how it was going to, you know, when on that last drive, as they're going, all of a sudden I'm like, slow down. They got they got that big throw to, to, to Berrios, like right before the two minute warning. And I'm like, we don't have time to run the clock down now because we can't, <laughs> we can't get a first down. So uh, the one actually the only my biggest complaint was on like on that I think it was the first play after that where Tua looked like he could have run. Not not that he would have gotten it, but he threw, you know, he ended up throwing the ball kind of away, threw it into coverage. And I'm like, just run, just go two yards and, and go down. Let's make them use the timeout. Like I, I wanted I didn't want the clock to stop there. Um, but that's I mean, that's nitpicking. The dude was the dude was incredible. Yeah, I mean, almost 50 dropbacks. I think there were probably like three or four bad throws that I counted out of the whole day. Um, and then just some amazing throws. Like, maybe I was talking to somebody, I think probably, I mean, he's had some, he has had some great games. This his was his best, I would say. This was the best I've seen him. Like, I'm just, I mean, the, it's, it's, I mean, stats wise, it's between this and that Ravens game. I mean, he had six touchdowns in that game, but that, you know. Right, but he had some bad interceptions in that game too. And he was... You know, this game was, I mean, the interception wasn't great, but it was like the interceptions he threw in the Ravens game were, were bad. Yeah. Um, and I mean, he was dialed in at the end, you know, when it mattered. And I'm, I'm not taking anything away from that performance. That was also amazing. But I feel, I feel like this was a more, like he was great from start to finish. And there's, I all, I go back to that, that Cardinals game from his first season a lot. I <laughs> like he was, that was when I was, you know, I, I was convinced we had a great quarterback was because of that game. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, a, a, you know, not a great offensive scheme, not a lot of, you know, talent around him. Um, and he, you know, it was, a again, a high scoring kind of shootout with him and Murray where he came out on top. And, you know, he made a lot of big throws, and a lot of big plays with his legs in that game. Um, that was a great one. Um, but this is, I think, you know, I mean, and obviously he had many very good games last year. The Detroit game, Chicago game, uh, the Cleveland game he was very good in. Um, but this, I think to, to me, just from, from top to bottom, just, and the types of throws he was making, I mean, the, the game winning touchdown Ooh. that might be, that's one of the best passes I've ever seen ever. Like, I mean, Tyreek didn't even have to move his hand. That's how, because the, the, you know, defensive backs are looking for their hands to go up, you know, cause that's when they put their hands up to try and knock the ball away. He didn't have to do that. That's why his hand didn't go up. His hands went up after the ball was in Tyreek's hands. If you watch the replay, it's I saw, uh, somebody, yeah. I saw somebody describe it as a long handoff. 
It was it was like he basically just put it right in his stomach like he was a running back. It was like perfect. Extremely long handoff. Yeah. The so. third and ten. The third and ten on that drive, you oh, know, where yeah. where he's where he where he moves up in the pocket and has another guy like has the first down, like down that, you know, has the guy who he's kind of supposed to go to and he see just sees Hill. And I mean, perfect, perfect pass. How many times have you seen how many times in our Dolphins lives is that ball? three yards past or three yards short of where it needs to be. And yep. like he's he, dialed he, in. Yes. And I mean, but pre to, I mean, like he, 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 he can, he, his accuracy is, is it's a superpower. I, I, I just love watching it. Yeah. And then the other, the other long touchdown pass to Hill was another one that was just a rope. That was just, you know, that was the one that put us up 27, 24. Um, just and, but that that one didn't have to be because Hill had like Hill was was open. The other one, oh, great throw, it was just yeah, yeah. The other one though, like the, the the guy was right behind him. Like it had to be perfect. It had to be. No, I know. Throw. Yeah, it's yeah. just yeah, it was incredible. I um, my favorite take was uh, Stephen A, who I'm not the the, the biggest fan of, but uh, he described it as he said it was like a horror film for like the, and the Chargers the Chargers secondary were the victims and, and Tyreek Hill was the villain. I was like, yeah, that's uh, that's that's I mean, I that was I mean I, we were talking about too his performance, but I yeah we be remiss not to mention how good of a player Tyreek Hill is. We all saw that last season, but. That type of performance, uh, I don't think I've ever seen a wide receiver type. I've never, I don't think I've ever seen a game from a wide receiver like that, like where he, he was clearly the best person on the field. He's such a complete receiver, and I think he's even going to be yeah. even better this season because, like, yeah. he's running crisper routes, and he's like, he, he, you know, his second year in the offense. But like, people just, you know, casual fans are they're like, oh, speed. He's fast. He's he's a speaker. He, he runs routes. He's strong. He's for a little dude. Like he's strong. He fights for, for the ball. And, and it's funny. And I like it. He doesn't take unnecessary hits. You know, like if he, after he gets his 40 yards, if there's three guys there, he'll run out of bounds. And I'm like, yes, run out of bounds. Yeah. <laughs> you I'm, don't be running anybody over your five ten. Yep. Former running back. Like we, as yeah. we all know, former running back in college and you can see it. It's, you know, they don't usually translate into wide receivers as well as he's done, but yeah, I've never seen it. I mean, I knew when we got him, like I was excited. I was like, okay, this guy's going to take the top off the defense every week. But we talked about this a lot last year. We just had, I didn't, I had no idea how complete of a wide receiver and football player he was. And I mean, just McDaniel's the perfect coach for him. And uh, it's, yeah, I mean, it's fun to watch. It was sure fun to watch on Sunday. Is McDaniel, I mean, who's he not the perfect coach for? I love this dude. <laughs> I guess Raheem Mostert, maybe he doesn't, yeah. <laughs> doesn't seem to, I mean, but uh, I guess we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I mean, Mostert shouldn't be getting 30 carries anyway. Yeah. yeah. Not, not the perfect coach for Mike Kosecki either. Oh, that, uh, there you go. That's the but, answer. Yeah. Um, but either way I would, I, I'm going to, I mean, I said this during the game as well. Uh, Craycraft seems to be Kosecki that actually plays wide receiver. So like, I don't think I doesn't seem like we missed much of a beat there. Like he seems like the same type of guy. So, no. And, and Berrios has proven to be the three we needed. Yeah. Yeah. He was very good in the slot. And as a return guy, I don't think he had any, any, I think, he, I don't know if he had any returns, but just having him there. Um, he's good in Madden as a return guy. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I, I Barrios was, uh, you know, three catches, 42 yards, I think. Um, tough catches, though. 
Uh, the yeah. sideline catch was a really tough catch. Um, you know, another one that was that was going down to the ground, the one that Staley challenged for some reason. He just doesn't need timeouts, I guess. I don't. But, I wanted to talk about that. I don't know if it. To me, I want. I'm just. I'm pretending this was McDaniel playing chess and and Staley playing checkers, where they did the hurry up to get to the to the line, knowing it was a catch, but acting like it wasn't forcing him because they couldn't they had to throw the flag before seeing the replay so it was one of those gut calls where it was like ah 90 percent of the time that's not really a catch and and honestly it was i i think he caught it but it wasn't really a conclusive angle if it was ruled not a catch i don't know if they probably wouldn't have overturned it but it definitely looked like he had his his forearms under it um yeah, yeah but that other the sideline one where i think there was a penalty so it would have been a first down anyway but that was like a it's like a third or fourth down. Like it was a play we needed to have. And when Tua was like, uh, you know, rushed in the pocket and he hit him sliding out of bounds right at the stick. Like that was incredible catch too. Yep. And I know tight end has been a, has been a hot button issue for a lot of the fans. Um, I thought Smythe played well. Um, I was a little frustrated in, uh, there were points. Uh, there, I think that was in the first half where it was like, I believe two drives in a row on third down. He tried to force it into Smythe. I'm like, they're half there has to be a better option. There has to be a better option on this offense. <laughs> like, you know, like two third downs in a row. I was like, if they throw it to Smythe on third down one more time, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to drive down there and strangle McDaniel myself. But no, it was, um, Smythe redeemed himself, made a, a really nice catch coming back to Tua. I think it was, I think it was a third down actually. Um, yeah. So, so he, he did redeem himself to me and you know, not like he has to, but yeah, he played well. I thought he played well. I'm, I'm on the, I, I, I can't call it a bandwagon. Like, I, you know, I, I think he's a B, right? A solid B. I think he's a, a competent starter. You can't, you know, someplace you can't spend all your money on every position. Um, yeah. Would you rather have Kelsey? Of course. But I think, I think Smythe is fine. I get now, you know, I get why they didn't go draft heavy in there because it wasn't as much of a need, you know, as, as they probably felt because he's competent there. 100% of snaps he was out there. So um, we were talking before. We're not even sure if Tyler Croft was active or not because I don't think I saw yeah. him on the field once. Um, so that was that was interesting. Speaking of an active, uh, H-Chain, I was very surprised. I was actually very surprised. To, well, I picked him in fantasy camp, so I was super surprised yeah. to see he was inactive. I thought um, – I know Ahmed looked look good and, and knows, you know, has the extra year in the system, um, but I was surprised. I guess I thought maybe they'd go with, with three, but with the fullback, they're they're pro- well. They did go with three, they, but over. But Chris Brooks is a different type of body, so I guess if they wanted that, he didn't get any. Yeah, he didn't get any carries. No he didn't I, get any snaps. Um, yeah, I was when I saw the inactives um, at the was a chain and and Julian Hill. I I didn't even realize Croft was on the team. I thought he was on the practice squad. So I I really thought they were only drafting or only dressing Smythe and, and Ingold as like the tight end H back type of players. I was like, Oh man, they're going to be throwing the ball a lot in this game. Um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of what happened. I mean, you didn't see a lot of two tight end sets. I'd liked, I feel like Ingold was, was used a lot more in the passing game in, in this specific game than I saw in any game last year. Um, and he was a nice little safety outlet. I mean, he had a, a lot of space. He made, made some pretty nice, pretty nice runs after catch. I mean, he had a lot of space around him because of all the attention getting paid to Hill and Waddle. Um, and we didn't mention Waddle, but he had, he had a quiet, good game. Average 20 yards a catch on four catches, about 79 yards. 
Um, he made that, he was the one that caught the ball to get him to close to midfield, um, you know, to set up that, that PI on, on, oh, that's uh, right. You see Jackson. So that was, um, we didn't really talk about that either, but that turned out well, to be the difference in the game. I mean, the, the, other, you know. the other thing and us not talking about it is probably the, the biggest surprise of all that offensive line. Yes, I did want to. Yeah, I, I, I said going into it, I felt pretty good about it. So, yeah. Um, I haven't, I've been looking, trying to get the PFF scores, um, today. Cause I want to see exactly what Jackson, uh, Austin Jackson's score was. Cause he was, he was great. I mean, he didn't, I, his name, no penalties and no sacks, no pressures really. I mean, two got hit twice, I think. So, um, Mac and Bosa, those are very good edge rushers. Um, oh, yeah. and Kendall Lamb was start, uh, you know, he's our backup and you and I have talked about him on the podcast before as someone who's capable he's had very good very good grades uh on the in the past blocking and run blocking so um yeah and then the, the interior of the line was great uh you know connor williams had the bad snap two bad snaps on the opening drive i guess you know if you count the, the first one and then the uh and the, the one that led to the turnover um but i mean outside of that the, oh that that was not a hold that was that was a terrible call no that was uh, a terrible call um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, am looking forward to seeing the grades. There was a lot of people in my little dolphins group that were very, very upset with Connor Williams. And I'm like, he's, he's a good center. Like he's a very good yeah, center. So no, I'm fine. I mean, he yeah. had the bad snap in the preseason. Everyone's like, cut him. And I'm like, it, it's preseason. Like that's, what the, <laughs> no. and yeah, seeing the two bad snaps and I don't even know if they were bad. It was more bad exchanges. Cause I, we didn't run a lot of under center. They were both. Under yeah. Center. It bears watching like this. All the shotgun snaps were, were good. I think he had one that was a little low that, that was, you know, that two had to reach down for, but I don't well, know. I, Bob- really, I had no problems with the offensive line at all. I thought they looked great. You saw Eichenberg come in for one play. One snap. Yeah. Yeah. So, what did win have to tie a shoe or something? I didn't even know. No idea, but it was, I thought they looked great. Like, you know, again, I would like to see a little bit more balance, a little bit more running game. But, um, you know, that, that was great. And then the defensive, so we've spent so much time talking about the offense. Uh, the defense was not good. So as I, as I, you know, had predicted, I thought the defense was going to be, you know, kind of the unsung hero and maybe the, the story of the day. Um, they were not good. They were gashed. That was one of the most embarrassing performances in the run game on the defensive side of the ball that we've seen since, man, I don't remember I, I honestly don't. I think maybe in the Gase era, there were probably some games where we got gashed like that. But um, I mean, to be fair, the the Jets game last year that that uh, that Bridgewater got oh, knocked out of, they yeah. ran over us. Yeah, yeah, they did. They did. Um, so I am not. I one, I'm not worried because it does take time. There, there's some. You know, there's some folks that say it takes a year to learn the system. Um, you know. Others say, you know, it's shorter than that. But the system is designed to not give up big plays and say what you want about the Chargers, but that offense can make some big plays. They got big receivers. Herbert can throw the ball a mile. I mean, I believe the the plan was make them run. I mean, I, I, damn, I don't think the plan was to give up seven yards a carry or whatever ridiculous thing it was. It was a bad performance. But when it came down to it, when – when we had after two was interception, JC Jackson, his uh was that his first stupid thing or his second stupid thing? It was in the first half. He ran it out and ran to like the five yard line, which backed them up as opposed to taking it at the 20. That led us, I think they did get a first down, and somehow, you know, we dial up that blitz. Kohu comes through clean 
almost gets a safety on like a 17 yard loss. It was amazing. So th- there were when when we needed it, the defense did come through on those spots. And obviously the last drive, how many of us were sitting here going like, man, we almost won this game. Like when, yeah. when Sanders missed it and it was only two points, we're like and a minute 40 with maybe only the one timeout at that point, but still a minute 40, we're like, we're not stopping them from getting in field goal range. And man, so, one yeah. down and nothing. So the run defense was bad. The pass defense yeah. was actually okay. The pass defense wasn't that, like, honestly, was not that bad. I mean, part of that is because they were having so much success running the ball. They didn't, I, I mean, I'm looking at the stats. I didn't even realize he dropped back 33 times to pass. Um, maybe more because I guess he had those five rushes too. So those were probably passes too. So it didn't seem like they were throwing the ball that much. Like I just didn't, I didn't see them. I mean, not a lot of yards, only two, 228 passing yards for Justin Herbert. Um, and then no, no big plays. He missed some, some deep throws. Like, I mean, he didn't, you know, a couple of them sailed on him. There was um, the, he, the Mike Williams had a big play, which I don't know why Baker was on him, but you know, oh, yeah. That's right. yep. and that was a pretty big play. And I think that was a third down and Keenan Allen, you know, he, he did some, he had some things in there and, but yeah, not much. I mean, Parham's like seven feet tall. So it's hard to, hard to, I didn't like that. The one PI on, on Howard was okay. Oh. And that the one on, on Allen, but the one on Parham was not, that was not a PI. That was, I thought that was garbage, but either way. Um, yeah, not, not much else out of, I mean, their passing game, like I said, Allen, Keenan Allen had a, had a decent game. Um, but um, yeah, not, not a lot from the, so the passing game looked all right. Kohu played well, like you said, um, you know, with the sack as well. And then, you know, in coverage, um, you know, no, no glaring, you know, breakdowns in coverage, the Baker trying to cover Keenan Allen downfield. Like, like you said, I don't know why that happened. A couple of missed tackles, a couple of missed tackles on some of them screens or things where I thought I felt like we had it sniffed out and let him go. But again, you know that, that happens. That's again, we're playing a good team. You know, yeah. I, I was going to say on the road. Yes, it's only on the road because you have to sleep in a in a hotel. But Dahl fans definitely uh, showed out and filled up that stadium as just about every uh, visiting team does. That's got to yes. be demoralizing playing at yeah. home. And just, yeah, many, many, many friends of of ours up here in San Francisco made the trip down. So they were yeah. there were a lot of them down there, which was good. It's nice to see. And yeah, I didn't realize it at the time, like watching the game, it wasn't as evident just because we were in a crowded bar and it was noisy, but then like watching a lot of the replays and, and I was like, oh man, yeah, you can, you can hear them in force. And then, you know, just seeing some of their, their Instagram stories and all that stuff. It was, it was, looked like a good time down there and they definitely showed out. So good job. Good job. Doll fans. Way to go. Um, so my second favorite thing from just us looking like we have the best offense in the league. I have spent... So we're recording this Tuesday night. You're probably listening to it Wednesday. I spent all day Monday cherry picking the part, the first 10 minutes of every pod, NFL podcast where they basically talked about the Miami Dolphins and just listening to everybody gush about how good we were. And because you were mentioning like Stephen A or, uh, you know, had that comment. My favorite, Kevin Clark, who I think he used to be on The Ringer. Now he's on the on ESPN has his own podcast and he basically came out and said, he's like, I don't know why he's like, he, he was a negative. He was a guy who would bash, you know, who basically wasn't a believer. And he's like, why don't we give these guys a chance? Like he was in a terrible situation. Why do we just assume he's terrible? He's like, he doesn't have to. And 
he doesn't have to prove to he's good. He's great. The only question is how great is he? Like, you know, and just like seeing some of the, the, the folks that were always negative on it, just basically having their eyes open and be like, yeah, you can't really, you can't really judge a guy on the, uh, you know, playing for a coach who hates him and who hates offense and has nothing, no one around him. And it's just, I mean, how many talented quarterbacks, first rounds go to a bad team or a bad situation and you never hear from him again. I mean, it's just, just the fact that he's still here and now flourishing to me is, is, is just shows the miles and miles of character this dude has, because we have seen many a talented guy get crushed in, in, probably not even as bad of a situation as his first two years were. Yeah. I mean, I, I completely agree. I mean, we saw some of that last year, obviously it was overshadowed by the injuries and the concussions. Um, but you know, I, like we've been saying it all off season, if he can stay healthy and year two in this offense, these players, you know, if they can, you know, build some semblance of an offensive line. And I, I really believe that they have, I've been saying that for a while. Like these guys are actually, some of them are pretty good. Like, I, and I, Isaiah Wynn fits at left guard very, very well. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And then the, you know, the, the receiving options are just, I mean, they, they speak for themselves. Yeah. I arguably the best receiver in the league, right? Maybe Justin Jefferson's better. I don't know. I, I, I would take Tyree kill. Honestly, <laughs> the only reason you take Justin Jefferson is because he's younger. Like if you're like, yeah, but I mean, but you can't, but he's done it for, I mean, he's done it every year. He's in the league. Is this his third year now? I mean, Justin Jefferson's great. I mean, but putting ears, but yes. And then you have Jalen Waddle next to him who can, you know, have about a, a, as quiet a four catch 80 yard game as you're going to see ever. Waddle's yeah. a one. There, there are, th- there are three, maybe four teams now. If, if I, <laughs> turns out to be what everyone thought yeah. he was. But they're like, there are only a few teams that have two true ones. And there's teams that don't have a one at all. But, you know, T. Higgins, Devontae Smith, possibly Ayuk, yeah. those those guys are those guys are stars. They're they're fantastic top twenty wide receivers. Um, it's so funny when you think of wide receiver and when a guy's good, even somebody was talking about Garrett Wilson, he's like, I don't know, he should be top ten. And you're like, you think, okay, but then you're like, no, then you start counting through the top 10. You're like, holy crap, there are like 12 amazing receivers that you all that all could be considered top five in the league. Like, so it yeah. is, it is, but but these are like top 20 guys. You know, these are guys that would be ones on on 90% of teams. So it's amazing having that luxury of Waddle uh and Hill. Yes, yeah. So um expecting the defense to to turn it around. So that's that's the hope. But um I did want to give you your props. We'll get, I think we're going to take a break first and then we can talk about how you dominated me in all three of our stupid little games when we come back. So why don't we take a little break? We'll, uh, we'll recap uh, fantasy camp. We'll recap pick them. We'll recap the degenerate side. And then uh, we'll go through our, our season preview as well as we look at the, uh, the rest of the schedule for the year. So please stay tuned. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. 
Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And we're back. Uh, As I alluded to, um, and, you know, well, I've actually been talking quite a bit of smack about this for about two seasons now. I've just dominated you. The last two seasons were ugly. You crushed me in all of the games. Credit where credit's due. You really handed it to me in week one. And I, I week one is tough for me, like admittedly. Like I, I usually, the preseason tells us nothing, as we alluded to, and you, you really have no idea who's good. Injuries haven't really happened yet. Things are all over the place. You haven't seen guys. New guys are there. Um, but credit where credit's due, you absolutely destroyed me. So go ahead. So take care of this. before I even take my flowers for this, and week one is hard and – no one's ever good at it. So there's a lot of luck here, but I, not only did I crush you in this, I have a five for five pool that are in basically 50 people put in 10 bucks a week for the year. If you hit five for five, you get the 500. If two people do it, you split it. If nobody hits it, it rolls into the next, uh, went five for five. It was the, the, cause the lines are locked on Wednesday. So when the, when Kelsey news came, I got the Detroit plus five, I took the, you know, the Niners was, it was an easy one for me. Um, the, the only one that I had the, the Packers, which I also had in this one. Um, I can't remember the third, but the one that almost that had me freaking out is I had the Eagles and oh, I, thought it was, I thought it was five and a half and they held on to win by five, but it was four. So I was like, Oh man. So pretty, just, just nobody cares about that, but I was excited. So I had to tell somebody, uh, my my girlfriend, my girlfriend doesn't care. I'm like, but I, but we got money, Um, (laughs) but that's why I don't tell her or share. Um, (laughs) so I goaded you into your only win in pick them, which is terrible because you, you were, I was saying how terrible the bucks are. And you're like, ah. I traded out for a game that, that would have won anyway. So it was the, it was one for one. Like it was, but I'm it saying, but I'm saying I was so sure. I was so yeah. sure that the Vikings were going to cover six and a half and they couldn't even win the game. So that was your one win. I had, uh, I probably made you pick Chicago. I don't think you were huge on that game. I was but- not huge on Chicago. That yeah, was- but- but I took Green Bay there too. And then the other one, which is hysterical, is the it actually was like an interesting game because the defenses were playing well, but that new we had that New Orleans Titans game. Um, and I had the Titans plus three. And honestly, they should have lost because they but they didn't go for it on fourth down. They kick a field goal to be down by one. So I so I ended up with cheap cover. Tannehill, Tannehill is terrible. a shell of himself. Like he looked terrible. Three interceptions, three bad interceptions in that game. One of our uh, one of our sister podcasts uh, had a tweet that says, uh, "You know what? What would we have to? What would the Titans take for Tannehill?" And I'm like, "A bag of chips." <laughs> I mean, I think they they'd be thrilled <laughs> to give you Tannehill. Yeah, but, I mean, they, I mean, we basically paid them to take him, and he he had some success there. Um, he, you know, we like we like Tannehill. We're not yeah, we're not bad, at him, but yeah, at this at this point in time, I think he's just I think the the Saints the have to him. the yeah. Saints have a good defense, and again, I don't know how much he played in the preseason, and he's older, but he looked terrible. Yeah. He's almost Josh Allen bad. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, you you you, you got me in pick him two to one. So uh, off to a rough start there. What happened in uh, fantasy camp, Rob? 
fantasy camp wasn't even fair because with the first pick I had Tyreek Hill and it was over after that. Nothing else mattered. He scored 37 to your whole team's 30. You know, Waddle had nine points, Mostert 11. Uh, Ahmed had, I guess, just the one. I guess he only had the 11 rushing yards. I felt like he was out there more, but I guess not. Um, and on defense, you know, you had Wilkins and Phillips. They had a half a sack and seven tackles between them. Um, but honestly, I I had A-Chain. He didn't even play, but I also had Berrios. So his he had the three for 42. Um, and then Holland and Chubb actually had a Holland had a ton of tackles, I guess, because all the running backs were being tackled. In the, that was like when Louis Oliver was always our, uh, our leading tackler because the defense was terrible. And, and the, he was always the, the, the only guy to bring the, bring the running back. Nice, nice. Louis Oliver reference. One of my, one of my all time favorite dolphins when I was a yeah. kid. Oh yeah. Love yeah. It's funny. Um, too, it's like yeah. I, I'd have those favorite players on defense and our defenses were terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Louis Oliver was good though. He had no, that, yeah. uh, that hundred yard interception return against Jim Kelly in uh, Buffalo. Remember, before Brian Cox, it was John Offerdahl. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> All right. Let's not get too off track here. So right. you won 58 to 30. That was the final score. It was a, it was a, it was nice, but you get, well, and we're we're gonna do we're gonna do our picks. We're gonna have another one this week when we break down uh, the you know the the Patriots game, and we'll get into our our picks and our fantasy camp and and the degenerate side picks for next week later this week. But then to wrap up what happened this past week on degenerate side of things, you I mean you went all in on this on us running the ball and our defense uh, you know coming to play, and you were right having herbert under 290 290 yards passing because I mean, Allen was, was barely over Allen was like the only one that had a decent game on their in their passing game but yeah he was barely yep. over but so you had the, you hit the herbert under but you missed the mostert over and honestly i thought that mostert over was a gimme i thought that was a great pick um because yeah we all thought there'd be more running um and keenan allen under 69 and a half you missed he barely went over as you said mine Honestly, I should have won just because I had the Tua over 259 and he almost doubled, doubled it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's worth it in and of itself. Then uh Waddle was at 67 and a half and as we mentioned he had uh, 70 77 or you know more than 75 yards and Mike Williams uh was just under his 60 and a half so I hit all three. So I'm up 3 to 1 with a one week win in on the degenerate side of things. Congratulations, Robcast. Nicely done. So this is the year for me and the Miami Dolphins, obviously. I hope so. I hope so. I would be very, very no, there there are no losers in fantasy camp like very be, true. Yeah, let's be honest. So um awesome. Well, congrats again. So with that, why don't we take this is something we normally do in our pre well, not preseason, but our like before week one, we we go through the entire schedule and kind of pick how we think it's gonna come out. Didn't have a chance to do that this year. This year is going to be a little bit different, as you can probably tell. Um, but um, we're going to go through. We're going to go through our quadrants this year, like we always do, where we pick the the you know four games at a time. Now that there's 17 games, one of the quadrants will have five games. So um, yeah, so we're going to go through that. Um, we're just going to do. We're not going to do the high low like we normally do. 
basically we have our own built-in Hilo with the Roptimist and myself. So um, <laughs> as you see, we, we do have a ceiling and we have a floor, I believe. So I think we're, we're probably what's actually going to happen. will probably be somewhere in the middle of where Rob and I see us coming out. So um, great start, obviously, uh, to the season. Very, very happy with the, with the win in Los Angeles and, you know, not to talk too much about other teams, injuries, all of those things, but you know, the Jets had a, had a huge blow on Monday Night Football, losing Aaron Rodgers for the season, just four plays in. I'm so um, torn. I'm so torn because I hate the Jets. But yeah, I, but even more was. than I hate the Jets, do I hate to see a, a star player get injured, especially like when you're quarterback. We had Marino suffer the same injury in a week one, you know, many, many, many years ago. And yes. it was it just to have the to have the season just smashed in your face like that is just awful. It happened to Brady one year. It's just, it just, it just sucks. And I don't even wish it even on a jet fan. I you, will tell you what I do love though. Actually a couple things that I do love. So I love Zach Wilson. Love, love, love that we're going to get to see Zach Wilson this year, get him some run. Um, and the other thing I love is how bad they made the bills look. My God, are they that bad? I like, Every, like, I realized, like, so we started looking at, I, and I'm not going to go off on too much of a tangent here, but I started looking at their last 10 games. Like, someone someone actually shared this with me today. Allen's numbers over the last 10 games are noticeably worse than Mac Jones over the same time span, which is insane. As a Dolphins fan, there were a couple Dolphins games in there where he didn't, he just looked like the same Josh Allen. Apparently, apparently he only plays well against us now, but for the last 10 games, he has been not good, not not very good at all, and he's terrible. When he presses, he 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 goes into that hero ball mentality. He throw, he makes the bad throws, makes the bad decisions, and yeah, there was there was that sh- that year and a half where he was like locked in and like playing MVP style, but he's definitely reverted now. Again, week one, you can't you can't jump to too many conclusions. Sure. You have no idea. The weather was terrible. Um, I don't think he played in the preseason much. It was. It was, you know, it's it's nine eleven in New York. It's, you know, like it, it, all kinds of stuff is happening there. I don't expect the Bills to be one of the, you know, the most terrible offenses. Now we may see more bad Josh Allen. I mean, the Jets' defense is a good defense, but that to me was was more Allen playing poorly than the Jets playing well. Not not that he should have put up, you know, thirty five, but they should have scored more than they did. I mean, what what did it, what was it? 13, 13 when it went to overtime or something? 16, 16. Yeah. They had, they had to get a field goal, I guess, to, to, to send it to overtime. Oh, so, that's right. And since, I guess, since they changed the rules for, for him <laughs> after they lost that overtime game, care to guess his record in overtime game since they changed the rules for them, for them. Oh, his record. Yeah. Uh, oh, and what? Oh, you got the O part right. Oh, and five. Oh, and oh five now. Since they since they changed the rules for them, zero oh, and five in overtime games. So so way to go, Buffalo. I mean, I I hate the Jets. I also hate the Bills. So um, I was we were both rooting for the Bills last night. But that was actually, I mean, again, throwing the injury part out of well, it. That was that was actually probably the best outcome that the Dolphins. Could I have a for. confession to make. Go ahead. I know we said, you know, we hate the Jets, and and we would, you know, we. We were, even though it's better for the Dolphins for the worst team, the lesser team, the Jets to win, that we were rooting for the Bills. After Rodgers went down, I was rooting for the Jets. 
because I don't fear a Zach Wilson team at all. And at that point, I'm like, yeah, I want the Bills to lose. So I actually, I actually rooted for the Jets in that game. Oh, that's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. So back to our Dolphins season prediction. Now, that I guess the reason I went off on that little tangent was it seems like we have a, I mean, I thought we had a good shot at winning the AFC East. I, I think we have like a, a really good shot at winning. The we're the, AFC we're the fav- favorites in, in favorites in Vegas now. Yeah. I'm trying to stay away from all that stuff. No, obviously the hype comes out. You see what happens when the hype comes out. Just ask the Jets. Yeah, so well, it's not even just that. Two years ago, what the, didn't the Steelers destroy the Bills, and then like you know the Bills went to the yeah. AFC Championship game, and the Steelers yeah, missed. Yeah, the playoffs. That's happened. very good. Yeah. So, anyway, our first four games: Chargers, Pats, Broncos, Bills. Chargers and Pats on the road. Broncos at home. Bills on the road. We're obviously we're one and zero. I'm going to pick this quadrant at three and one. I think it's a. I think we go three and one in the first four games. I would not be shocked if we went four and zero, but I, I think three and one is likely. Anything less than three and one, and that would be a disappointment. I would say at this point, two and two would be a disappointment. Before the Chargers game, two and yeah. two was a real possibility. And I mean, you know that Chargers game, if, if it was if it was a little longer or a little shorter, you know we we don't you know we maybe right. lose that game. As great as it felt, you know it was a close game. So. That's, you know, that's what we're playing with here when we're, when we're, you know, trying to figure it out. So yeah, three and one, the Pats, I have to, I'm going to rewatch that game before we break it down later in the week. Um, they're, you know, their, their defense is real. We knew that coming in and they played really well against uh, the Eagles. And this is, this is just, this is just bragging or just like probably stupid to say, but I mean, I, I think our offense is way better than the Eagles. So let's see what happens. Um, Broncos at home or one home game in the four, not, I mean, that would be, that would be disappointing. If we go three and one and that's the game we lose, it would be disappointing. And then, and then going to Buffalo is going to be tough. So yeah. Um, I'm with three you. And one. Three right. and one. We're aligned here. So, uh, the next quadrant is our, uh, Quintet. Yeah. Quintet. <laughs> yeah. The five ones. So, uh, home for giants. We will be at that game. Home for Panthers, at Eagles, home for Pats, at Chiefs in Germany. Uh, tough, tough stretch. I mean, you got two Super Bowl teams in there, and then um, you know, I guess the Giants are technically a playoff team, uh, and the Pats are maybe good. Like I said, we're going to break that down later in the week. Or like and the Panthers said. are terrible. They appear so- terrible. Yes, I'm going to go three and two here. Um, you know, I, I, you can probably assume which two games I was thinking we're going to lose. Um, but yeah, three and two. I think two and three is possible, but would be disappointing. But anything less than two or three wins out of this five game stretch would be um, surprising to me. Yeah, I mean, four and one is not out of the question, right? The Chiefs, the Chiefs are that's on a neutral site, and you know, we don't. I must. We're assuming Kelsey's back by then, but who knows? You know, they're they're not. They they're looking. They did not look great without him. Um, you know, the Eagles, the Pats just came close to beating the Eagles, but that's going to be on the road. And that's like a Sunday or Monday night game, right? Isn't it? Yep. Yeah. That's yeah. going to be, a yeah. Tough. that's going to be a tough one, but giants, Panthers and Pats at home. I, I would, I, I put it in for three and two as well, but I would not be surprised if we go four and one, two and three would be a disappointment. All right, so we're lined up here through the first two uh, quadrants, quintants, whatever. Um, so we're at six and three is what we're saying we're going to be at around the halfway point. 
when we go into our bye. And then the next four games after the bye, starting in uh, week 12, would be Raiders at home, Jets on the road, the Commanders on the road, and the Titans at home. I Every part of me wants to say we're going to be 4-0, um, but I'm a realist, so I'm going to take 3-1 and here. But 4-0 is something this team should do if we're relatively healthy and, you know, playing the way that we're capable of. I think 4-0 is, is you know, perfectly reasonable. I'm just going to be real and say I think it's probably going to be 3-1. and And it would be disappointing to me if we were 2-2. Two and two. So, and that's why we do these quadrants because seeing the games lined up, it's a, you look at the one game, you're like, oh, we're better than them. We win. But, yeah. you know, you don't win every game you're supposed to. You don't lose every game you're supposed to. So exactly. looking at it in these little buckets and then with those 50-50 games, if there's two 50-50 games, you're like, all right, we win one, you lose the other. You don't know which one, but you're just, you know, you're playing the percentages. So I agree with everything you said, and I still could not <laughs> not stamp this 4-0. Coming out of the bye, <laughs> like home for the Raiders, then the Jets and the Commanders on the road, Titans at home, like, I don't see it. I mean, who knows? The Titans have a good defense. You know, Vrabel's a good coach, but like Tannehill looks terrible. I mean, who knows what he looks like by then or if he's even starting. We don't know what any of these teams are going to look like by then. Um, so, yeah. This run defense doesn't shore up. Derrick Henry's going to destroy us. So, yeah. yeah. But two and two, and two would be disastrous in, in, in that spot. I have it at 4-0. All right. And then the last quadrant, um, which I, I don't think I remember. I, I remember that the, thinking the back half of our schedule was, or that that last four games were tough, but I don't, I don't know. They're, they're, it's tough. It's tougher than I remember. So home for Jets, that shouldn't hopefully be that big of a deal um, unless Tom Brady comes out of retirement. Uh, <laughs> home for Cowboys, at Ravens, home for Bills. So those those last three games are are pretty spooky. And you know the Jets defense is is good. We don't know exactly how good, but it's it's a good defense. So that's a tough way to end the season. So um, I think disappointing would be losing all four of them. I think going two and two, I would be stoked if we went two and two. I'd be very very happy with that. Uh, three and one or four and zero oh would be amazing. I don't see it. I this team has never finished strong, um, and I think it's going to be uh, a similar kind of end to the season. I'm going to go one and three. That puts us at ten and seven for the year, and I think that gets us in the playoffs. And normally that's a lock. This year it might be tough. Um, I have us a two and two, but looking at that, those are those are three coin flip games, right? Cowboys, Ravens, Bills. They're as good as us on paper, you know, in the same tier of talent teams. So you figure that's one and a half wins, right? You're, you need the, you're hoping for the, you're hoping for the, you know, coming out on top, winning those, winning those kind of close games more than you lose them. I have it at two and two, which honestly I was surprised because when I first looked at the, at this, I did not see us coming out with 12 wins. I have us coming out with 12 wins, 12 and five, obviously winning the AFC East. (laughs) <laughs> so that is uh as i alluded to before we even finished we had a ceiling and a floor i would not be surprised if we're right in the middle at 11 and 6 um 11 and 6 i think could win the east as well um who knows i mean it's all up in the air right now um you, you i mean you were saying in the offseason that the patriots might be the second best team in the division you might be right 
Um, you know, it's obviously very, very early. A lot of things are going to happen from now until then. Um, you know, but I feel very good about the offense. I don't feel very good about the defense. Oh, it's I, a long season, and that's why they play the games. I'm, I don't, I'm not as, I'm not as freaked out about the defense. Obviously, you, you know, it's got to get better, but dialing up what we needed when we needed it, just, that just made me feel a whole lot better. The way that the the way that defense exploded on that last drive when we were like just we were so ready, so ready to lose that game on a field goal. And then all of a sudden I'm like, they're going they went backwards. I mean, that was just that was yep. incredible. Yeah. Yep. And McDaniel said that in the postgame speech as well. Um and, and they deserve the kudos there. That was I that's a huge stop, won the game. So um, you know, shouldn't probably shouldn't have been in that situation, but we won. Doesn't matter. So yeah, feeling, feeling very good. Um, as Rob alluded to, we are going to be back um, with our uh, Patriots preview and we'll be playing uh, all of our games later in the week. So we're going to try and do two podcasts a week this year um, during the season um, to give you guys more days to, to listen to the blowhole on fans for sports network and, and more days always- for your friends to listen to the podcast so don't forget to tell them about your favorite dolphins podcast and then tell them about this one yeah yeah exactly and then mention this one this one's oh this one's okay um so yeah this this one went good i think we did pretty well here we'll bring the nonsense back to the nonsense will come uh probably next week but i think i think we're good for for now i'm feeling pretty good about now you know what i felt the best about is our offense it's literally like when it's literally Madden, it's playing Madden. Every, every, every play is 30 or 40 yards. Like it, it's, there's, there's hardly any third downs. If there are fourth down, who cares? Go for it to score a touchdown, start again. Unfortunately, it was also how I play defense on Madden. And, and it was just, it just felt like, it just felt like a, it felt like a video game. It did. It really, I made a joke about Staley playing, you know, coaching like a 12 year old playing Madden. And it really did feel like, a Madden game. So um, anyway, it was a lot of fun to watch. I, you know, haven't, uh, haven't seen an opening day shootout like that in, uh, in a long time. So that was, that was a lot of fun. That was amazing. And the difference in the game, I've, I think we forgot that we mentioned how bad JC Jackson played. Did we mention the pass interference on Ezekama at the, at the end of the half? I mean, what are you doing? That is, the, that was one of the most boneheaded plays I've seen in a lot. Like, since the Patriots did that lateral in a tie game. Like that was ridiculously dumb. We briefly mentioned it. Yes. And yes, Jason, former Patriots. So, you know, it's uh, apparently on brand now. Hopefully they make some stupid mistakes against us next week. Fingers crossed not to get too much into our, our preview. Spoiler alert. I think they will. <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Um, give us a follow at T Blowhole on the Twitter, um, the Blowhole Podcast on Instagram, and send us an email at um, Blowhole Radio at Go Dolphins. Yeah, let's go, Dolphins. Undefeated first place in the NC East. Best offense in the league and MVP at quarterback.